Welcome to the Own Your Choices, Own Your Life podcast. I am Marsha Van Weinsberg. I am a speaker, a coach, and a published author of the best-selling book, When She Stopped Asking Why. On this podcast, we will share tips, tools, and strategies used by our speakers to break through and overcome the challenges in their lives. I am on a mission to educate, empower, and inspire you to see that when you own your choices, you truly own your life. Let's dive right in. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Own Your Choices, Own Your Life. And today we have Amy Rost with us. Amy is from Calgary, which is so cool. We connected um, probably about a week ago, a referral from someone else. This is how the world is so small when we are dealing with like-minded women who are out sharing their story, doing things, impacting the world, following the nudges, and stepping into who they're meant to be. So about a week ago, Amy and I had a little Zoom chat and realized we had a lot of connections and a lot of different, um, very similar thought processes and what we're here to do. And I absolutely wanted to have her on the podcast. So Amy is a certified Pilates teacher with an incredible backstory of what she is doing with her life now. So I'm so thrilled to have you with me today, Amy. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. You are very welcome. So before we get into your story, what you're doing, I want to ask you a few questions so people can kind of get to know you and what you are about. So where are you from? I just told everybody, but where are you from? So I live just outside Calgary in a little community called Cochrane. Oh, Cochrane, Calgary. Yeah. And have you, are you from there, right? Is that you've, no. I've lived actually all over Canada. So I Seriously? spent most amount of time actually in Brockville, Ontario. Oh, Brockville. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then headed out West after high school. So quite a while ago now. Nice. So out of the number of places that you've lived, what has been your favorite part of Canada? Oh, you know what? They all, there's things I love about mm -hmm. each and they're different. It's, mm -hmm. there's no two places that are the same. So, I mean, like we've got, we live in the foothills of the Rocky mountains here. It's <sighs> beautiful, but I miss the water. I miss, oh. I miss the lakes. I miss, I miss the water a little bit, but mm -hmm. I don't know. It's this can this, pro this whole country is beautiful. Each province mm -hmm. is unique, but there's beauty in each place I've lived. It is beautiful. I was talking to somebody recording a podcast from Saskatoon and everybody, or she's originally from Saskatoon and most Canadians would say Saskatoon is kind of, I'm going to not insult, it's like the flat province, right? Like it's not as scenic compared to other parts of Canada. And it's interesting because I said to her, but what's your favorite part? She's lived in other parts of Canada. She said Saskatoon. Absolutely. I said, no, that's interesting because I don't hear that very often. And she said, because there's space and I love space. So see, it's a different perspective, right? There's, but I mean, Canada's a very, very beautiful country. We just get lots of winter. So in case anybody is wintering, right? Yeah. yeah, we do. Exactly. So what is your most impactful book you have ever read or something that affected, impacted you? Oh, probably anything by Br Brene Brown. Mm. See, that's matter. why we get along. I, <laughs> that is exactly why. Yes. Yeah. Anything by Brene Brown. Have you happened to watch her um, Netflix special yet? I haven't yet, but it's on my list. I just got to get a down day. I know. It's a, I watched it one early one morning when I woke up. I will watch it again and take notes. Um, it is so, so powerful, but she has such a way of just adding humor to smart aleck to getting the point across. And, and relatable. 
and relatable. I just, she was, she was somebody who really helped me turn things in a point in my life. She doesn't know that. She's on my list to meet one day. So hopefully I do, but, um, out of her books, is there one that's more favorite for you than others? You know what? I don't know if I can pick one and I'm just reading, um, her newest one right now. I've just started to Mm -hmm. dive into that one. So I to lead. Dare to lead. lead. It's a great book on leadership for people who are, yeah, for me, I mean, I number of her books I loved. I really, I think I've read Daring Greatly two or three times now. And that to me is a, it's just a real, such a good one and so many nuggets. So no, I completely, and so if that's one of your most impactful books, who is a mentor who has impacted your life? It doesn't have to be one, but is there something that stands out? So a mentor in terms of like business or just even in life, anything life, somebody who made a difference. Oh, there's so many people who've made a difference in my life, but the one actually, the one stability is, is my grandmother. Hmm. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. 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 My she grandmother would be one of mine for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's still here with us today. So, so awesome. Uh, I just, I love that. She's just, she's been that stability in my life and just, I just, I love our relationship as it grows and changes as the years go by. She's just, there's, oh, she's just so much knowledge and, and life experience to share. Oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. I, yeah, I had a really special relationship with my grandmother and I quite, um, very feisty, strong lady, almost to the point sometimes that it was, you know, she's a little stubborn headed, but she definitely, yeah, she, you know what, you think what they lived through and what she worked through and what she did and, and her whole, she was, she was literally dying and she had, everything was set up for the funeral. And I think she phoned me about three days before, three to four days or something before she passed. And she's like, everybody says I have to have so-and-so for my eulogy. And I told them it's my funeral and that's not going to happen. So will you do my eulogy? But you need to be telling funny stories because it can't just be down. And so. I did. And it was, it was just, I was just like, I so honored that she, even to the end, she asked for what she wanted. Oh, I love it. Yeah. So that's awesome. I completely relate to that. Yeah. What is something like, what lights you up? What is something that? Oh, what lights me up is where I am in my life now is being able to give back and make a difference in people's lives. And sometimes I'm surprised at what that is. Mm-hmm. But I love, oh, I just, I love being able to just change that thought pattern, be it a movement pattern or not yeah. in someone's life and be, you know, seeing, just seeing that flip in their head, that, that <laughs> lights me up, that, I love well, it. Well, you're showing them what's possible, right? You are showing someone else what is possible because most of the time that in that case, they might not believe that that's possible. Might not believe that's something that they can do, achieve, move, overcome, whatever that is. And when all of a sudden they see that glimmer of light, it's like, oh my gosh, they're getting it. Like they can actually do this. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. That's awesome. So you have, you are a mom of four and yes, you had a mom of four and in 2010, your oldest son was diagnosed with a rare degenerative neuromuscular disease called Friedrich's Attachia. And did I say that right? Yeah. Taxia. Sorry. And yes, FA. And that was, I'm assuming a major life change for everyone, um, involved. 
Can you just take us to a point there where um, even leading up to that and, and what life was like when that happened so that we can give people context before you we move forward to where you are now? Sure. So in 20, 2010, so mm -hmm. picture my life. Yeah. So I, I'm the mom of four and my youngest two are twins and they're two. So I've got oh. a two-year-old, a five-year-old and a 14-year-old. Oh my goodness. So just think of what the household looks like. I'd gone back to work. I worked okay. in disability management. Um, after having the twins, I'd been back at work um, and we were our life was just kind of chugging along. We were, you know, playing hockey, doing gymnastics, kind of running. Yeah. Um, both my husband and I working full time and um, life was very busy. There wasn't a lot of time for much of anything, mm -hmm. uh, but just go. It was a go, go, go. And um, my oldest had, he'd always been, he's a redhead. <laughs> Oh, here we go. I'm a redhead. Both my boys are redheads. Um, and they have come, he had kind of had some struggles along the way and he, I had taken him to physicians and they just said, no, he's really tall and his brain, you know, is just catching up with his legs and, and he'll get, he'll, it's nothing. And then he had gone away and he had come back, um, from visiting, um, at summer camp mm -hmm. and, I said to him, buddy, did you hit your head? Mm -hmm. Balance was just off, like really off. And he, I'm like, did you hit your head? He's like, no, mom, why are you asking me that? And I'm like, no, are you sure you didn't hit your head? And he's like, no. And so he had what's called nystigmus in his eyes, a little shaking in the eye. And I'm like, something isn't right. Oh. And I took him to the family doc that day. Um, he came out of the room and he's like, do you know a neurologist? And I'm like, yeah, I work with a neurologist. He's like, can you get him there? I'm like, yep. He goes, I don't know what it is, but something, something, you're right. Something isn't right. And got him to a neurologist. He's like, I need to do some other testing. I need to know if this is nerve or if it's, if it's muscle. Mm -hmm. And, um, we had to come back the next day for a test. And he said, I think it's this. I saw it one time when I was doing, my rotation in Montreal, my residency, I think it's Friedrich's ataxia. And we're like, I didn't, I didn't know what that was. I'm like, right. what, what does that mean? And I'll never forget. He took out this old textbook and it was like, he blew off the dust, flipped the page. And he's like, so it's this. And, and you're like, what, what has just happened? And so then it's a long process to even get that, to get confirmation. But from that that day forward, we knew it was nerve and yes. muscle and muscle. And, and yeah, at that point, those old textbooks, the prognosis wasn't good. Mm -hmm. And so that's from that day, like I felt like I'd been run over by a bus. Well, I can't even, I mean, I thank you for sharing that, but I can't even imagine in a point of having your four kids, twin twins, you've just got me on that, that are two, right? Like you, I mean, you're in a bit of a survival mode at this point of life, right? Now you're trying to go back to work full time, just trying to get life in order. And it's got to be just to like day in, day out, do what has to be done. And then all of a sudden this is stops you in your tracks and it does, it's changes everything from perspective to, I mean, it just changes your whole life. And I think you had said to me on the call before, how many people in Calgary have been diagnosed with this? Did you say? 
Well, we know of about right. five other ones who yeah. were living with it right now. It's, there's not, there's less than, I believe less than 150 in all of Canada. So less than 150 people in all, yeah. so very small numbers, like very, very small numbers. Rare disease, yeah. So from the point then when you're first hearing this to the point of official diagnosis to how soon did life really begin to change for you? Like, did he, like you went from the eye, you have the eye twitching that you're the eye um, stigma that you have to him actually experiencing full symptoms of his Frederick's ataxia. How, how fast was that process? So I think there were symptoms all along, there were symptoms okay. all along of this, this clumsiness. And, and the biggest thing, like, again, looking back, you're like, I did, I always took him to the doctor and I said it was like his brains and his legs weren't quite It was talking. a coordinate, yep, yep. Yeah. And, and that's where they just said, no, no, it, that, that'll change. And when looking back, this kid, he wanted to play hockey so badly. Mm. He wanted to, and so we did skating lessons, we did hockey, we did extra lessons, but I'm like, Things like skating isn't maybe your thing. Like he just couldn't find the balance. Mm -hmm. Well, this is why he can find the balance. Exactly. Right. Because he has this. So, and then progression has been um, fairly significant since yeah. since diagnosis. So now um, he's unable to walk. Now he's fully wheelchair bound. He's had his spine fused, and oh. heart and lungs are also involved in in this disease for him. Mm -hmm. So this is, I mean, like you just, that's so much to take in. And at the same time, trying to be a mom, right? Trying to be a mom to everyone that's there. But also, I mean, your son's 14. Like that's a tough age anyway. So he's trying to process. Like I'm sure for him, it, it was a, a challenge to process everything, right? So it, it's, yeah. It was. And it, it was the heart, the biggest challenge I think was that I, I'm just someone, I need the information because I, I didn't understand enough to even know what I could relate to him, relate to him. Right. That would be accurate because we didn't know anybody who had this. We, I, we had never seen this. I'd never even seen it in my, my path of disability management. I'm like, okay. So we spent a lot of time trying to just get good information, accurate yes. information about where Friedrich's ataxia is, was in that day, mm -hmm. um, in terms of research, in terms of treatment, in terms of like just knowledge, because, you know, I always said to him, you ask me any question, I'll give you the answer. Mm -hmm. But I ask that you don't Google it because it's not accurate. That's old information. That's a, That was actually very insightful. Very smart on your part because I mean, I, you don't like, you can't use, we all use Google as a search engine, all of us. But yeah. there are many times that it's like, oh my gosh, I wish I hadn't done that. I hadn't looked that up. So I think that that's, I think that that was very um, smart call on your part with that for him. So now you go from still working your job, still trying to care for your, for all four kids and still trying to almost split yourself in four and take care of everyone. Cause everybody has very different needs. It, like you've got even without, even without your son having medical diagnosis that he did, like two, five, and 14, like you could, the completely different needs from each other, right? Totally. So it's, I mean, it's like, it's, you want to talk about wearing many hats. That's a lot yeah. of hats to wear. Right. Right. And you're yeah. still working full time. When yeah. did you hit a point where you were like, this is not working for me? 
So we kind of kept it on, I kept on that path for a little bit and it, it started to creep on me pretty quick. Right. Um, it's, it's, I, my, I knew there was whisperings in my head saying, you know what, you can't, you, you can't do this much longer. <laughs> this right. is taking a lot. And, but I'm always like, no, no, go, go. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Like I can do it all. I'm sure we'll just manage shove it, it down, shove it down, keep going. We'll keep going. <laughs> yep. And, um, so then I, you know, I, I started to feel it in my body and this is kind of how I got to Pilates was my husband kept saying to me, I think you should try Pilates. I'm like, no, I don't, you know, I kind of don't really like yoga. It's not really my thing. And he's like, no, I think you should try Pilates. And he kept saying that. And then one day I, I found Pilates mm-hmm. and, or Pilates found me. I'm not sure which way it went. Right. And I knew, I knew I needed to start taking care of my body. And mm-hmm. from that was like, that was my kind of savior. It was, it was the one place that was my moving meditation. And it was almost like in Pilates, the joke is we can put a spring on it, but it was almost like the spring was the one thing that could absorb some of my tension and move with me, Mm -hmm. help me move through my everyday life. And so that was where that I kind of found a passion, which I felt like I hadn't had much of one. I was just trying to like, make sure you're fed, make sure you're at your doctor's appointment. Do you need help with homework? <laughs> like, where is that? Mm-hmm. And so that started. And then as, as my son has progressed, the needs have changed and not just the physical needs. I underestimated the psychological impact on the entire family. And I started to feel that more and more. And it was becoming harder and harder to work eight hours, commute for, you know, one to two hours a day, be home and present for everybody and try and keep all these balls in the air, juggling everything. And it it just, it wasn't, it wasn't possible. And I was getting miserable, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. really, really miserable. And then, you know, I had the one thing that had stayed so consistent with was my Pilates practice. And then I started to think, Hey, I wonder if I could teach this. Mm. What if that's an option? And then I started doing my research and I found, oh, there's actually a school in Canmore, which is only 45 minutes from my house. Mm-hmm. It's the only secondary accredited school in Canada. Hmm. And so I did my research. And as soon as I was like, you know what? I, I can do this. Mm-hmm. This is it. I literally quit my job. I left my job on a Wednesday. I started school on a Friday. And it had to be, I was, I had to be all in or I was, I was going to be out because there was a million reasons why I shouldn't, Mm -hmm. but there was really only one reason why I needed to. Mm -hmm. So did you find yourself listening to this inner voice, this knowing that this is the path I have to be on? Like I need to do this. You just knew? I just knew, Mm -hmm. I knew that I, I knew that I couldn't, I wasn't going to be able to take care of anybody else on the path I was on because I couldn't even take care of myself. Okay. So this is, I'm so glad you said that because this is where I wanted to go with this is that a lot of moms, um, and I'm going to just pick moms for a second, but a lot of moms, and I hear this that, well, I, I don't have a choice. I have to take care of everyone else. I have to take care of everyone else. And yes, my kids are older. It's easier for me to say this. I wish I would have gotten it when they were younger. Um, is the sense that we, we have to take care of ourselves because that's the only way we can take care of others. 
So making that time, that time comes from somewhere else. And, you know, if we don't have half an hour to an hour to ourselves a day to help ourselves to feel better, um, we need to do something different with where our life is at right now. And I don't say that with any judgment with anybody. I get, I, I get long hours. I get all those things. But we can't give to others when the cup is bone, bone dry. We just can't. It's not there. And it doesn't mean you're not a good mom. You just physically as a human, we can't do it. So true. Yeah. And it's, and then it's, it's a hard thing because I think we're, we're taught you have to take care of everybody else. And yeah. the, the conver I think the conversation is switching and changing, mm -hmm. but it's not something that's, that's selfish. It's something that is required. I like required. I think we have to get away from the word selfish. I think I, I fully believe in required. I just finished a talk before I came here to do the podcast. And in the group, somebody had asked the question saying that how things have changed from when our parents' generation, this is a very much a generalization, I'm just gonna say this, but the fact that it was that you just put your head down and you do it. It doesn't matter if you're unhappy, it doesn't matter if you're not, you just do it. You, and you make it look like everything is good that's just what you do. And why is that changing to now where we are openly saying like, no, you know what? I don't have it all together and I can't do it all the way that everybody did it. And I don't think it's weakness. I think we are just starting to open up conversations that this is, it's okay to struggle. It's okay to choose to do it a different way. And in a sense of this, having people in our parents' generation saying, you know, we just never would have asked if there was another way to do it. You just did it the way that it was. And in this situation, in the talk, the one person said they had to say to their parents, but like you, were you happy with how, how things were? And happiness was not a question. Like it was just, it wasn't even a, what does it matter if I'm not happy? It doesn't matter. It does matter. It absolutely does matter. And so I think there's some conversations changing. So I completely honor the fact that you realize that, you know, even, even without the circumstances that you had, you decided that this, this way was not working for me and you decided to go and create something that was. Yeah. So I think that that's, and it was still messy. Of course it was messy. Yeah. It's like, Oh, you just left your job on a Wednesday and started on a Friday. I'm like, Yes, that was the timeline, but it was, there was so, there was still so much, could I do this? Should I do this? How mm -hmm. am I going to do this? And it just had to be that train of thought that I, I need to do this, mm -hmm. this, and I don't look back for one second. Wow. I don't look back for one second. Yeah. That's amazing. That's, I mean, it's, so I think that that's just a, you know, listen to follow and jump in. So you start your certification, you do this. How long is your, how long did it take you to? So uh, it was 850 hours and I did it in about eight and a half months. I that's made it my full-time job. I made mm -hmm. it my full-time job and mm -hmm. because I needed to get to where I was having some income. So yes. So you, you know? knew what you wanted to do with it. You wanted to build a studio in your own home. I did. did. I wanted yeah, in my home so that I could control my schedule. Mm -hmm. I could be here with my kids when they got on the bus in the morning, when they got off the bus in the morning, nice. in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. And that we get part of, you know, it was, I was a part of their life, but they are also a part of my business. Mm -hmm. And that, that part, I feel like what they've been able to see transform because they'll say to you, Oh, mom is way happier now. <laughs> 
so she was so grouchy when she worked in that other job. <laughs> so we think like we think that we are protecting them by just putting our head down and doing it. They don't know anyways. We're just going to stay, you know, as is. I made a major life business change about 10 years ago. And I remember thinking that, no, this is not like, I will just put my head down and keep doing what I'm doing because I'm strong and I'm this and that, whatever. And I remember at the time my son was quite a bit younger and him saying something to the effect to me that he was very spiritual at the time. Just the fact that, you know, maybe, maybe does, does God want you to be this unhappy? I remember thinking like, I'm not unhappy. Do you know that? Like, what do you mean? And he's like, I think God knows. Like, it was such a funny thing to hear from like a, a I think it was a um, nine-year-old at the time. And he just knew, right? And it's, so we think we're preventing and protecting everybody, but we all know when someone's happy with what they're doing when or not. So, I mean, how is life different now that you are doing what you love? And how many years have you been doing this now? So I've been doing, so it was three years ago I left my job, right around oh, this wow. time actually. Yeah, okay. so I've been teaching a little over two, two and a half years, I guess now. Wow. Um, it is quite different. It's, it's opened up in many, um, many different, many different avenues have opened that I never, you know, I just thought, Oh, I'm going to have a Pilates studio in my house and it'll be great. But now that I see actually what the, the outreach potential is mm -hmm. and the ability to create connection and collaboration and really strengthen community in every sense, not just personal or professional, but how mm -hmm. they actually all can start to come together. Mm -hmm. um, I never had that. I never had that. I never had that example growing up and I never had that in my, um, in my corporate job. Mm -hmm. I worked with doctors, lawyers, and employers. Oh yeah. I'm sorry, but disability management, you wouldn't have seen like, that's not the nice end of the, that's a tough end. That's a tough end of the, I, as a kinesiologist, I worked for years in, in rehab, post rehab. No disability man. That's not an, an easy or light area to be in. So, no. So now your kids see that, Oh wait, mom's happy. Mom loves what she does, but you also shown them that you can create what you want, right? Like this is what I think is a beautiful thing that you don't have to settle. If you're unhappy with where you are, you just, you have to work hard. It's not given to me, right? Like mom works really hard, but you can create what you want. So the ripple effect of that, I think on the people that you see and on your kids must be beautiful. Like it must be a, Oh, it's incredible. And I think it's mm -hmm. also opened up, open some interesting conversations um, as parents to the kids is, you know, you don't have to just have this nine to five job or that, that job, yes, you've got security in it or it pays well, or it's, you feel like it gives you some kind of a title or prestige. But mm -hmm. if that, like, if that's what you want, like, go for it. But mm -hmm. if that's, you think about that and that's not really where you see yourself and you don't want to find where your passion is and where what brings you joy right and that that can look like many different things and like you said you can be responsible for that you can create what that looks like mm-hmm I think that's beautiful. And I think that that's really powerful because it, I mean, joy, happiness is not something that we're talking about regularly. Sometimes it's almost perceived like that's not for me. That's for them. Like that's just the way that it works. So I think it's, I think that what you've done is fantastic. I think that it's probably put you, you can correct me if you're wrong, but puts you in a different headspace to handle like your circumstances weren't changing. 
they were only going to get more challenging. So you found a way to take care of yourself, do something that you love to help set yourself up for as your circumstances changed. Does that sound? Absolutely. Yeah. I said when we, when we kind of had started to see, we kind of absorbed the diagnosis and saw then what the path that we were, we were on. Mm-hmm. Um, I turned and I, I said to my oldest, I said, you know, we are really going to live life. And it may not have been the life we thought we were going to have, but we are going to live every second out of that. And there's going to be opportunities because of this. And we are going to like embrace them and enjoy them. Yeah. I have goosebumps. That's a real, like, that's a very powerful thing that for you to say as a mom. And I, I just honor you for that because it's, it would have been easy to be stuck in the spiral of the diagnosis and be angry and frustrated, which doesn't change anything and doesn't help your son. It doesn't help you. It doesn't help your other kids. So to be able to have that insight and foresight, to be able to look at it that way, um, that's great. It really, I mean, it's, it, I think it's amazing because I think that's exactly what your son needed. I do. I, I mean, it looking at it the other way wouldn't have helped him at all or helped you. So I think that you're, you're definitely doing the best that you can with those, with the circumstances that you had at the time. So I think that's beautiful. So now you're doing, yeah, you're welcome. Now you're doing, you're teaching Pilates and you're following a path that you love. And I know that it's not just a case of you seeing Pilates as this one-off hours and things that you do with one-on-one clients. What else do you, like, where is it now and where do you see Pilates for your future going and what you're creating with it? Well, I see, well, I'm just trying to stay open to where that is going because mm-hmm. I, um, our mutual friend, I had yep. something said to me and I said, Pilates is just the vehicle. This is mm-hmm. just, this is where it's, 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 I'm passionate about it. I love sharing it, but I also think it is opened up to so many other things and where it's going now is I think Pilates is a fairly new industry. It's, it's, it's still trying to find its way a little bit Mm -hmm. in Canada. And, you know, I'm pretty passionate about building community around that. And that as Pilates teachers or movement teachers or movement enthusiasts, we can actually support each other. We can lift each other up to make us all successful. And that's kind of the next direction where we're going. And that I don't think has really been done in Canada. I don't think it's really been done. So, well, actually, I think we're just starting to do that in other areas in business and women and collaborating and working together. So I think Pilates is just one more thing. And sometimes when you're dealing with healthcare, um, what a big blanket I'm putting this under, but like when you're dealing with healthcare, we're dealing with, you know, trainers and rehabilitation and things. There is an inherent level of competition that happens sometimes that's really um, toxic and doesn't help anyone, right? It's not a, so I know you don't have to say that, but I know that that exists in the field of Pilates as well too. I teach it as well. And there's different, I know there is. So it's unfortunate because I do think it's a beautiful practice and it found a very, a very perfect spot in my post rehab background. Like it really served a beautiful purpose with clients and helping clients who've had long histories of pain and dealing with things. So I think regardless where, I think, I think it really does serve a purpose and it's a, it's a beautiful practice and I do like it. I would love to, I haven't had the pleasure of, you know, using the reformers and some of the equipment that's because it's just not, we don't see it here. It's not that it's not, um, 
being used. It's just very small. It's very, very small. And I, I would love to see it become more of a practice because I think it's a great practice. Well, next time you're in Calgary, you got a lesson. Absolutely. I will definitely do that. I will definitely do that. I know. But I think it's worth, I think now, I think the converse, it's time to start the conversation and shift the conversation to create, you know, in the name of community. We mm -hmm. need, we cannot, no one can do it alone. No one. We have to have a team around us of you know, powerful friends, you need colleagues, you need all of these things to make your own business successful, but in the end makes their business successful too. And that's, we just have to break that line. It's, mm -hmm. it just, it, it's, and that, that's where I find now more of my, um, Pilates will, I'll always teach it in mm -hmm. some capacity. I love, you know, I do work, a lot of work with kids and, and, um, rehab. I, I keep a small, part of my practice for um, pro bono work for someone who couldn't afford it or wouldn't be able to be exposed to it. And, and, you know, that's going awesome. back to that's what lights me up. That's, that's awesome. what lights me up. Yeah, that's beautiful. Like that is a beautiful thing because that is allowing people the opportunity who maybe wouldn't have had it. And I, again, honor that. I love that because I think there's, I just think every business can have a portion that's a give back in some way, shape or form. And it doesn't have to be monetary. It doesn't have, it can be time, but there's, I think that now as we continue to move forward with businesses that are growing and expanding and succeeding, I, I think that there's going to be a portion of give back. I think there has to be, that's what people are expecting more and more is that it's, it's cause we're not going to get there alone. And we spend so much time when things are, it was the whole start of this podcast was the fact that when we are in difficult times, we just really retreat from the world because we just assume that there's no one who's going to understand what we're saying. We don't want to show the weakness. We don't want to show that side of it. And in fact, I think the only way that's going to change is if more of us stand up and say, no, I mean, A, it's okay to struggle because like, let's just be real. And how do we move past that? And B, how can we work together? How can we support each other to do it? Because it's just, the more we do that, the more we allow and give others permission to do it, right? To do the same. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. everybody can help, you know, share their journey. And I'm, like, I love hearing their stories because even though all of our story might be a little bit different, there's so much similarity in that, but there's also so much knowledge that, you know, maybe this is what I did to, you know, shift my life. Maybe someone can hear a little piece of that and say, oh my gosh, I could do that. Yeah. Or, you know, there's wisdom in all of them that we can take from and then maybe just make that little shift in our perspective on the days where we're like, now what am I going to do? How am I going to do this? That I just had, you know, someone else has been there. Someone else has felt that. And maybe we have to look outside our tribe and our circle. And, and this happened for us when we, when we were di when he was diagnosed and our, our circle changed and mm -hmm. it was, it was interesting and challenging, but I think then the circle opened up to something else to then support us. I think that that is a great, um, I completely understand what you're saying. And I think it's a great point. The circle does change. You can spend a lot of time fighting that and being angry about that circle changing and, and resentful that you feel like people have left or people have, 
But you know, in order for more to come into our life, it needs space, right? We need space. I just heard, I have to credit this because I just listened to Lori Harder's podcast from this morning and it just hit me like a ton of bricks for one comment is the fact that there was two, but the one in particular that a plane, I'm going to butcher the quote, a plane can't land until there is space on the runway. So where are we not creating space in our life for more good to come in. You can have all kinds of crap all over that runway and that plane can't land. So we might have beautiful ideas and amazing opportunities that are trying to land and help and support us, but we have no space. And so, pardon? It can't take off. It can't take off. It can't land. It can't nothing. Right. And that's the same with people. It doesn't have to be like it is. So some of the people who are in my life now, I can't even fathom my life without them. Um, I wouldn't have met them. I wouldn't have even met them if we hadn't had any challenges. So it's sometimes in a weird way you say, you know, it will bring, if you stay open and create space, it can bring some of the most incredible people into your life. And it's not about being um, abandoned by other people. It's a fact that it's just space. It's just creating space. It's it. I love the quote about um, seasons, reasons, and lifetime. Like sometimes people come into our life for a season to teach us something, to help us get to the next um, point or season is just being a few months, a reason to teach us something that we need to learn to get to the next time and a lifetime. And the amount of people that are in your life for a lifetime is like less than a handful. It's, it's really not, it's not that huge. So it's okay to allow that space and change. So I'm sure you did go through massive changes during that time and now. And Mm -hmm. still now, but I, I just see that that circle actually as you said, opens to more space and it mm-hmm. opens to new relationships, new opportunities, you know, new knowledge. Absolutely. Absolutely. So now you are in a spot where I know you have a big event you're planning next year. We want to share that with us, what that is. Sure. So next year, um, so it's April 30th, May 1, 2, mm-hmm. um, 2020 in uh, Whistler, uh, my girlfriend, the co-founder of, it's called Pilates Fest North. Mm-hmm. Uh, my girlfriend from, she's from Maple Ridge, Melissa. Um, we're hosting the first um, real um, Pilates community event. Um, we're, we're, we're going for it. And it's not, as much as it is, there will be movement and Pilates. There will be community and there will be um, the ability to connect because we are a big country and Mm -hmm. sometimes it's hard being so far apart where, you know, you may not see another Pilates studio for two or 300 kilometers. (laughs) You know, we just, we live in a vast country and I think we wanted to create the opportunity and the space for people to come together, no matter what their background was. That's not the conversation. It's like, how can we come and learn from each other, connect with one one another and help strengthen this community and this industry in this country. So that's what we're working on. That's amazing. What's your intention for how big you would like it to be? So our intention for size is just to, because it's never been done Mm -hmm. is we, you know, we're looking at that between 100 and 150 people want to be able to have it more of a retreat field than a conference field. Yeah. We feel like, you know, you get to know your neighbor. That's awesome. It's not just you're passing each other in the hallway. We want to create, create an experience. Mm -hmm. And 
one that lifts us all up and energizes us to go home and do our best work back in our practices. That's awesome. So and not just teachers, movement lovers. Like I think, you know, I have, I have some in my, my studio here. They're like trying to figure out, okay, could we room together? And so I just think it's because they've fallen in love with the movement. Mm -hmm. And I think again, it's probably just the vehicle for some of these relationships. And I think how awesome is that? It's awesome. How, yeah. It's so awesome. You yeah. just followed, like you followed the energy of what Pilates was doing for you and how it helped you in your life. But by following the energy, it's opened up other opportunities that you didn't anticipate. I had no idea this could yeah. be the route. Yeah. But that vision was there probably about a year and a half ago. And wow. I think I've only been doing this for two and a half years. You got to listen to those whispers. You have to listen to the whispers. And I mean, I think the thing is, is it, it's, it, we, we shove them down for so long that we're not, listen, people go, well, I can't hear it. And I'm like, I, I understand you can't hear it. Like when was the last time you listened to something that you needed or your body required or your mind required? When was the last time you didn't just shove that feeling down? You actually followed through. Some people couldn't even tell you. And so if you want to know how to make your intuition, I would say, if you want to learn how to make your intuition voice louder, start listening and responding, even to the smallest things. Like it's, we make those choices all day long with what we eat, when we go to bed, what we watch, what we read, what we do, like we decide. And sometimes so simply our, what we choose takes us closer to or further away from where we want to go. I just, I try not to complicate it. Sometimes I'm like, I really want this. I'm like, does that take me closer to or further away from where I want to go? And yeah. the answer is usually pretty straightforward, right? It's like, <laughs> it's, it's, we always, we might not like the answers, but it's straightforward, right? It's straightforward. It's true. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. So you have all these things that you're doing and how, how does, how does life feel now? Like, tell me, how does life feel now with everything? I know, I know your situation hasn't changed. I know that. And I honor that. Like I honor that as well. The fact that it hasn't changed, but it's that you've changed with how you handle things. Totally. I've changed how I've handled things. I think we still live in a, we call it like a bit of a grief circle that we kind of, you mm -hmm. know, as things change and progress, we kind of go through that circle and then things kind of even out before we go again. And we, yeah. you know, I try and just, try and look at things now as I don't know what the future is going to hold. I know, you know, none of us have a certainty for what tomorrow no, will bring. No. So I think I would have three years ago been so like, Oh, this is happening and this is changing. And this is, you know, just replaying that. And now it's like, okay, this is where we're at today. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it may not, it may not, we may not be able to change that or the outcome, but we're going to just, this is what we have and this is what we will take. Mm -hmm. But overall, because I think I, I have changed in, in being able to see, hey, I'm not going to live in what the outcome is. <laughs> I'm going to live in this journey. And it's a complex journey. And that, you know, again, we don't know. We've been told what the outcome is, but, you know, you got to have a little bit of hope. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm hopeful that... Each day is, you know, we, we are all just living our best life and mm -hmm. we, we are living that with, with joy and you can still have joy even in these circumstances. 
that's powerful because again, I think it's like, it's, we assume that joy goes with something that's perfect and that it looks like this. You just said something there that I just, I just loved and I wanted to repeat. And it was like learning how to live in the journey and not in the outcome. And I think that is something that I just want to land for people because like learning to live in the journey, the journey is what it is. It's not, you didn't, you could, some will say you picked it, didn't pick it, whatever you want to call, but it's, you're making the best of what you have. This is the journey that you have right now. And you have to find a way to live in it because I think that if you don't, that will something, something you always regret in a sense, right? You have now, we have now, we always have now. And I don't, we don't know what tomorrow holds to this afternoon, next week. Nobody, nobody actually really does know. And we all hear those things, but I think when you live with something that is critical and it is life altering and affecting, we start to really understand the power of now and living in now. That has been one of my biggest lessons was present moment and now. Between Pilates and yoga, I really started to understand how to live in now. And I didn't want to at first, I'm not gonna lie, I wanted to scream and run off my mat. I didn't want to stay in one spot, it was painful. And it was because, you know, living in the past is like where all your regret and you replaying everything is and then anxieties in the future. So it was almost like your brain doesn't know how to live now. You have to teach it how to live now. Totally. Right. You have to teach it how to live now. And that takes practice. But I still think that it's the best choice for everybody to make. I mean, for everybody to learn how to live. Well, and it's, it does simplify life a little when you're in the now. Mm -hmm. because Absolutely. It, it, it does. And it, it takes, it gives you that pause. Yes. Right. And, and I always go back being Pilates teacher back to that, to breath, right? Like if I really sit and focus on my breath, the inhale, you feel the little pause right before there's an exhale. Mm -hmm. So there is, we have to pause from time to time. Oh, I love, I, that's so simple, but I love that. I mean, that's the, the opposite for the person, which was me for a long time. and can still be me is the push right? So the pause, like, where do you take the pause? Where's the pause? Do you allow the pause to happen? <laughs> do you, right? It's yeah, that's beautiful. I love that word. I love the word pause. Um, the oh, where is the pause? So where can people find you and connect with you? And I mean, I noticed too, that you do some online um, Pilates work as well. I do. I do some virtual sessions. Um, awesome. the Calgary area. Um, I'm just outside of Calgary, but to find me, like you want in like social yeah, media, just basically yeah. like best ways to find you. And then I'll have it in the notes as well. Yeah. So, uh, Instagram it's arc ARC dot Pilates. Mm -hmm. Uh, Facebook is arc ARC all capitalized Pilates. Mm -hmm. Um, my website is www.arcpilates.ca mm -hmm. and they can reach me, reach out to me, send me an email, send me a DM, you know, I awesome. love connecting and hearing stories. And, you know, if I can share my story and someone hears something that it can change theirs, I'm just Everything. a DM or um, a message away. Oh, see, I, then that's why I love that. And that's why I'm so happy to have you on this podcast, on this episode, because 
this is, that's the whole point to me is, is that like we, we own those, we own our choices on our life. We share our stories and we can impact, serve and support others. And you will get some people who will just be like all of a sudden, oh my gosh, I heard so-and-so speak. And that story just resonated with me and her feelings and what she was, emotions that she went through. So I thank you for sharing that because I just think that that, that's how we continue to open up the conversations is by just doing, we have to, we have to start doing, and then others will start following. Mm -hmm. Awesome. I have two quick questions for you before we wrap up. The first one is if you could go back anywhere in time to your younger self, it doesn't matter what age it is. What message or lesson would you tell her? Ooh, hmm. I would back I would go back to probably my my six-year-old self I, I actually can visualize there's a picture of me quite suntan blonde I'm on a boat and I would tell that I would tell that girl you are enough oh I love yeah exactly as you are you are enough mm-hmm that's beautiful. Isn't that, a, isn't that just such a powerful message that we really want all kids to realize as they grow up in times of like full on comparison with everyone, social media, whatever it is. So, I mean, having kids understand like you are enough as you are, like that's a powerful, powerful message. And you don't have to apologize for it. You are you and that is enough. Mm, I love that. Thank you for sharing that. What lesson in life, lastly, what lesson in life are you most grateful for? So the, the lesson I'm most grateful for is the lesson of living. Oh, and what does that mean? Wow. That and is so simple and powerful. Pardon? It's changed for me, mm -hmm. but it is a lesson that I continue to learn, mm -hmm. but the lesson of living that you saying that, I know that's going to land on someone. I know that is going to land on someone and I can't thank you enough for sharing that because I think that that's a message that somebody needs to hear. I mean, living is a choice and living now is a choice and living with what we have is a choice. Deciding to change that is a choice. It's all a choice. Um, but learning to live now, regardless of what our circumstances are, is really, really powerful. It's really powerful. So I thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. Oh, it has been such a pleasure to have you on the call. And I can't, um, I know our paths are going to cross again somewhere in the future. I have no doubt whatsoever, but I thank you for sharing your story, your journey, and what you are doing with your um, your love and your love for Pilates now and how much it's changed and impacted your life and helped your whole family's life with how you cope with your life right now. So I thank you so much for being so real and for sharing with us today. Thank you for having me. It's been Thanks. an absolute joy. Absolute joy. Absolutely. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much, Amy. And for everyone else, if this message resonates with you and you would please share this with someone else because um, Amy's story is very powerful and deserves to be told. So on that, thank you so much for joining us today um, on Own Your Choices, Own Your Life. And until next time, have an amazing day. Thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. Until next time, remember, when you own your choices, you truly own your life.